It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary. Maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's yeah. possible. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day, especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay them, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Melodies. Welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today it's me, Jay King from MassLive.com. We are doing a crossover episode with Locked On Cavs, Chris Manning from the Locked On Cavs podcast. Obviously the top of the Eastern Conference standings right now. A little bit surprising with the Boston Celtics a half game up for the first for first place. And the Cleveland Cavaliers slumping a little bit down in number two. So it's it's obviously a good time to check in on what the Cavs are doing. Good time for the Cavs to fans to check in on what the Celtics are doing. Chris, how worried are you by the Cavaliers' recent slump and especially, you know, the the def- defensive slippage that has gone on since the All Star break and really even since before then? It's weird. Um I don't really know what to make of it at times, honestly. And that that's like a bad that's sort of like a bad answer, but like I think if you look at how they've played, they've looked awful. Like they I mean the you think of the they've been giving up all those points to the Nuggets last week, them getting throttled, you know, by the the Wizards again on Saturday after they had a really I thought a good performance against a Hornets team that I think is better than their record indicates. And then they had that awful game against the Spurs. You know, some of those things are, make some sense, right? The Nuggets have a great offense. I mean, they, I, Mike Prada from SB Nation pointed out that, uh, at least when he put up that video that he had on Nikola Jokic, they have the best offensive rating in the league over that span. Um, yeah, if the you, Nuggets, yeah, the Celtics they're unreal. Are, the Celtics are very well aware of how much the Nuggets can shred you. <laughs> the, the Nuggets kicked the Celtics' ass uh, earlier this month. And so so they're well aware. But, yeah, uh, the the but at the same time, like you look at the age of the team, I think they're the second oldest team in the league. Yeah, they're the second, um, I think, oldest team in the league. They don't look fast. They don't look like they're playing with effort. And I think you have all these little issues that I think have compounded into something bigger. J.R. Smith has not looked like himself since he's come back. He didn't look like himself before his, his broken thumb either. 
Kevin Love has not looked really good since he's come back from knee surgery, particularly in defense. I think Tristan Thompson looks a little bit worn. I think Kyrie looks a little bit worn. Uh, Kyle Korver is having this foot issue. I think you're having all these things compound into something bigger. At the end of the day, I, th- I, I don't really know how much the seeding matters. I don't know how much I, I think other teams can beat the Cavs because I think the Cavs are still going to end up being the best team on paper. And I kind of am in this position where I look at all the data, I look at everything I know about them, and that those two ideas of what those things should tell me don't really mesh. Like I think the Cavs probably theoretically should be they, – I think they're probably fine until they show me that they're not in the playoffs when LeBron is going 100% and everything clicks. But all the data that we've seen with how bad their defensive rating is since the All-Star break, how bad they are defending transition, just the the way the way that they're losing, that paints a very different picture. Yeah, it, it's weird because I think the, the reason why people are not too worried about the Cavs is because of LeBron James. Yes, 100%. <laughs> no, no matter what has happened over the last six years, he has always lifted his team up in the playoffs to the NBA Finals. Literally every single year, the last six years, he has gotten his team to the Finals. And this, the Cavs and the Heat, like they, they have gone through issues. I would say most teams that he's been on have gone through lulls. And, and that's what happens in an NBA season. Like You go through, through spells where, where you, you're just not as good as, as when you're at your best, and the Cavs are in that right now. I think... If it were any other team, if it weren't as an, an such an accomplished team, if it were a team with anybody except LeBron James, I think the red flags would be going right now. And and it, it's hard to determine how worried Cavaliers fans should be because they do have LeBron James. <laughs> and, yeah. and they have shown in the past, even last year, like in the playoffs, they were a different team. The Two years ago in the playoffs – they were a different team, and so so they they do lift themselves up in the postseason. So it, it's just a weird, weird place to try to judge them. And I think the schedule has not been kind to them. They've been hopping from one time zone to the next lately. They're they're down a couple of guys. LeBron, are are you worried at all that LeBron has played so many damn minutes this year? See, I don't know if I worry about that because I I don't know if I've seen anyone from everything I know about his routines and how he takes care of himself and and just how careful he, I think he is. And I mean, his trainer is like working with him like pregame every game. If you look at that, like, I don't think there's ever been as far as I know, at least a star player who has put in that much effort of maintaining his peak physical ability, like those minutes. And like, you can look at every, like every way you want to measure minutes with LeBron, for his career in particular, I think is troublesome. But if you look at the minutes played this year, he's he's not near the top of the league, and he's been first at least at times in minutes per game. But he's been lower in overall minutes. Like Kyle Lowry, until his injuries was number one, and LeBron was somewhere in the six to seven range. So he hasn't, you know, maybe added up as many minutes as he might have if he was doing that night in and night out. Um, I, I think what's interesting is. I think other guys look tired. Like I think Kyrie, after playing for Team USA and you know having to put on that much of a load last year, looks tired. I think Tristan Thompson, and again, looks to me really, really tired. And that to me is is just super troublesome because if you look at the him, he's not you know a great rim protector in the traditional sense, but he's incredibly valuable switching. He's he's needed because they need him to fill up the paint. Uh, when you when guys are gonna not be as good defenders and when and things kind of go wrong, he's the last line of defense in a lot of different ways. Um, and he, if he's not 100 percent in terms of that and in terms of his rebounding, I think that's a big problem. I, I almost kind of think that we may see Tyron Lue hitting at this after the Spurs game. 
I think there's a chance you see the Cavs do some sort of crazy Doc Rivers era Celtics resting thing, but there's problems with that too, right? Like Kevin Love needs to play, J.R. Smith needs to play, Kyle Korver, if his foot's good, needs to needs to get reps. And this team doesn't have a lot of continuity either. You know, like they added all these guys and they haven't figured out how to play together yet. Yeah, it, uh, every night I look at the minutes and I'm like, uh, I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, every team in the NBA is trying to limit minutes, especially for the stars. And the Cavs, partially because of reasons that Ty Luke cannot control, all the injuries to, to perimeter guys, LeBron has just gobbled up minutes. Now, obviously, he's he's sat on it during some games and <laughs> created quite a stir because of it. <sighs> uh, so they kind of done like and just kind of like needlessly too. <laughs> like it, it doesn't need it's it's like I understand like if you're a fan and you're at that game, like you're pissed that LeBron's not there. But like yeah. that's not on him. Like I, I think that the this that's a whole other conversation. But that's like to me more on the NBA yeah, scheduling I, it that I, way than it is on LeBron. I'm a I'm not a big fan of people who lash out at teams for sitting guys because the the I, the objective is to win a title, and sometimes that means sitting guys, and sometimes the best time to sit guys is during a national televi- nationally televised game. Like how often? Are the Cavs not on national television? Right, like they're there all the time. They're there all the time. Yeah. It's like them and the Warriors. Like they're, you can easily watch them, like anytime you want. And like league passes a yeah. thing to you, so if they're not. I mean, I'll, I'll point out this too. Like Cavs fans, I think in general, like as someone who like covers the team and like is interacting with Cavs fans on Twitter and like see stuff, there is a little bit of panic though. Like I will say that. Like my my dad actually texted me. He was like, I think they might lose in the second round. And then you had this guy. Oh, yeah, okay. dude. I don't okay. know. I'm like, dad, that's I, I a hot take. This. That's a hot take. I, I will ask you this: What? Which team of the Boston, Washington, Toronto trio would you be most afraid of for the Cavs in a second round series? I think Washington. Um, okay. I think Boston is like really close, but I, I it comes down to me and how those two teams can attack the opposition's point guard. Um, like Boston's depth and ability to throw guys at the Cavs to me, like would really matter. But I think the rebounding thing, if the Cavs are good, like they're going to out rebound Boston. The thing with Washington that I saw, and I, this might be recency biased because I saw this on Saturday, uh, when I watch when I watched the Cavs and Wizards play, John Wall can just like do some things to the Cavs and with his size that I think is really, really problematic. I guess they can do a lot of the same things and there's certainly a functional difference because of their size. But John Wall was just like getting down the floor was putting the Cavs on their heels and was also defending really well on the other end. And he, like a team that can push the Cavs like that and then has Bradley Beal, that's that to me paints like a really big problem. And like I, but I think Boston is like almost it's like right there too, just because of they have guys that like they're not going to necessarily stop LeBron, but they can throw them at LeBron. They Avery Kyrie in the last game the Celtics played the Cavs, Kyrie just kind of went into this attack thing on Avery Bradley that I think he can get sucked into in that matchup. Um, Horford, that's, that's like my favorite matchup to watch. Yeah, it's great because, because they're in a they're in a phone booth. They're in a phone booth, yeah. just like going at each other. It's amazing. I uh, love that. It, it is it is fascinating because Kyrie is just like electric in one on one. He's one of the best one on one players of his generation yeah and then avery bradley is maybe the only guy that can stick with him through like seven triple moves at yeah. a time yeah he's the only guy i've seen like this year like even the guys like pep beverly and um like all these other guys like i haven't seen like them do that to him and like that and boston just has those guys they're really well coached i i think either of those two teams and like toronto 
like I, I, I like scary it, to me. It's just like if, if but if is Lowry going to be healthy? Is my question. Like they present matchup problems for the Cavs that you know didn't matter last year, but they all kind of bank on Kyle Lowry dominating Kyrie Irving. Like Kyrie, him just like outplaying Kyrie to the point that Kyrie's defense just becomes this big issue, and and maybe it's not as much in the playoffs because DeRozan's size makes it harder to move Kyrie around that than the way the Cavs like might if they're playing Golden State or if they're playing Boston. Like if the Cavs play the Celtics. He's not going to probably defend Isaiah. Like, J.R. Smith or Amon Shumpert's probably going to do that. And, of course, if Kaur is on the floor, he's going to have to. But there's easy, there's places you can put Kyrie in that matchup that you probably can't against against Toronto if they're fully healthy. Yeah, that, that's, Toronto's scary to me because their defense has been phenomenal. <laughs> oh, since oh so good. Tucker and Ibaka. And, and now they just have a veteran team with a lot of guys that know how to play, know how to defend. And if Kyle Lowry can come back and be what he was before the injury, they're scary. They, they are a two-way studly team. I, mm-hmm. I think, to me, like as I look at the Celtics' second-round possibilities, I think it, it matters less whether they're one or two than whether they avoid Toronto in the second round. I think Toronto will cause them the most damage. I, I, I go a different way on the Wizards. I think that their starting lineup is great, but their bench. Oh, they're, yeah, they're not pick, deep. You can pick on Bogdanovich. You can pick on Sadoransky. You can pick on Brandon Jennings in a playoff series. Like there are a lot of guys on that bench that are going to be. They have too many flaws to get away with them in a seven-game playoff series. Yeah, I didn't disagree so, with that either. Like, I think that's like yeah. that, like they and that starting lineup has just played so much this year. Like, you got to think. You know, if we're going to talk about like minutes, like are they going to be worn down because of how many minutes that starting five has had to play? Like to yeah, me, that's a legit like, concern. It's almost like their good health could hurt them in the long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they just get worn down, didn't get guys off. Uh, let me ask you this: as someone who's covering Boston, um, I, I kind of have two questions about this. One: How confident do you think Boston is against the Cavs? I kind of would guess pretty confident. And two: What do you make of what's going on in Cleveland right now? Uh, the first question, the confidence, I do think the Celtics would never admit publicly that they think the Cavs are vulnerable, but I mean, you look from afar and I don't think the Cavs have that aura of invincibility right now. No, I don't think they do. Last last year they were head and shoulders above everybody else. You know, Toronto won 56 games, but I don't think there was ever a doubt last year that that the Cavs were going to win the Eastern Conference. This year, because of not just the way they've struggled, but the way they've struggled for extended periods. It's like like they've had months at a time where they've just been a normal team and and that's I don't th- tell me if I'm wrong, but that doesn't seem from afar that doesn't seem normal for them. Like, no, it doesn't. It seems to be as low as it's gotten for them since LeBron James returned. Yeah, so I'm I'm working on a piece about their their defense as a whole and uh overall like not even since the All-Star break, their defensive rating, which is like obviously not like 100% a perfect way to evaluate defense, it's the worst it's been in since LeBron's come back. Um like it's worse than I mean it was at its actually weirdly enough it was at its best during Blatt's last like half year before he got fired. Um, so last, so like last year, and then it, it like has regressed since Lou. I think for a variety of reasons, including them wanting to play faster. And Lou was actually running the defense before, and I don't think Mike Lombardi, uh, who took over that role, has quite been as as up on that end. Uh, and I think personnel matters too. 
I, I but the, the the thing that I keep I keep wondering about this is if this was you know last year maybe before they won the title or if this was two years ago that first year I feel like there'd be more panic like we would have had like a bajillion LeBron subtweets right now right like we would have had oh, him yeah. on Instagram like you know the remember the Batman thing from last year like that would have been a thing. Yeah. I want to say he the, the most thing that what he's tweeted about recently is he he's been he had the thing of him like listening to Future outside of his house and getting a cold when he was just like blasting Future and like singing Molly Percocet <laughs> outside his house drinking wine eating JoJo shout out to Akron uh, then he tweeted about like went in this like leadership rant uh, like after and you know and stuff and then he retweeted that Tim Duncan road trip and pod um, and then he tweets today two hours ago as we record this great workout great lunch now time for a great nap all ex- exclamation point trifecta exclamation point like he doesn't seem worried and i don't get like after it being around the team when they've been at home i don't think that they're worried like tyron lu when he had that quote that yeah. uh, you might have seen where he talked about them needing to get better on defense and that he's not confident but they have to he laughed in the middle of that answer like he chuckled <laughs> himself and so I, I don't really get the sense that they're like freaking out about this or we're like i think they, they don't think it's ideal lebron has you know said things post game that i think indicate that he's a little frustrated but i don't think this is quite as them like freaking out as where they were uh, last year or the year before yeah what, what what's what's the most interesting <laughs> yeah obviously you look at their schedule and the lull isn't completely unexpected like the schedule when it gets tough and there's so much travel that teams teams suffer, and so I, I don't think that the rut is that unexpected. I I am as I look at the Cavaliers, to me it's just the health. Like you look back to you think back to the beginning of the season, and it seemed like the Cavaliers, after winning a title, were just unencumbered, and they were flowing, and everything was great, and it seemed like winning a title had unlocked that team to be even better than they were before. Now, can they get back to that? Is Kevin Love going to get healthy again? Is J.R. Smith going to return to his, his previous form? Like those guys, Kevin Love was playing great before he got injured. J.R. Mm-hmm. Smith last year was was phenomenal. It's just like, to me, if they're healthy, and then they've, they've proven they can do it before. It's not a question of whether they can, but... But the, the defensive numbers have, have just been not too weird because they are like an old team with some <clears throat> some unathletic players in a lot yeah. of places. Yeah. But, that's like that's but, like that's putting it pretty nicely too. <laughs> like they're they're not like like Richard Jefferson has openly talked about when he's playing defense now, he doesn't like moving like side to side. He just like plants his feet and like uses his body because he's not quick enough to stand in front of guys anymore. Like that's like a thing. That's, and that's been a thing for like six or seven years for him. Yeah, he. he I mean, but he still like dunks on guys like all the time. So he's, it's he's cool. He's remarkable. His. I don't want to spend too much time talking about because it it's Richard Jefferson. I don't want to spend too much time talking about him on this podcast. <laughs> but but his the him extending his career has been fascinating to me. He he, the he, amount he of time he, he and Vince Carter have gone past when they were washed up yeah like those guys were washed up a decade ago and they're still still contributors to good teams it's unbelievable yeah he actually credits it to like playing beach volleyball like him and like he said that and then he, luke walton said the same thing where he rebuilt his leg strength while playing beach volleyball in summer when he thought he was going to retire so i mean you I mean i guess that's amazing but 
Uh, I might have to hit the beach volleyball circuit, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get, get late, the late yeah, comeback. Yeah, get the vert up for your pickup for your pickup game. So go play some beach volleyball. Get to get the vert up so you can get some get some more bounce. Um, I I I just don't I just I don't know to think about this sometimes. To be honest with you, like I don't know. Like I feel like it could turn out a but like a couple different ways. And there's like a, like certainly a couple things on the table. But I sometimes I'm just like what like. Are we gonna look at this like you 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 said this already? Is this gonna mean anything in like a month and a half when it's they're gonna you know they're it's game five and they're you know they're, they're about to like advance to the finals or something like that? You know like is it gonna be something like that where it's just like oh like this is this is for nothing? But I just have a hard time like looking at what's going on and thinking this doesn't matter. Like I just that just feels like a weird disconnect to me. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> also you you you've never. <laughs> rooted for covered a team that is a champion and i do think that champions and the celtics the big three celtics did this year after year it seemed like where they just got to a point where it was like oh whatever yeah (laughs) like we don't really need to be good we've shown that for stretches of the season we can be good and and we'll pick it up at the end of the season. And, and to be fair, there aren't a lot of teams that successfully do that. No, like it's like the Owen, it's I like think. the Owen Lakers, uh, like the '95 Rockets. And then, I mean, it, coincidentally, it's, it wasn't it the Celtics team that knocked LeBron out of the playoffs last year in Cleveland that that kind of did yeah, the same 2010. thing. Yeah, yeah, and then coincidentally, that sent him to Miami, and then he has reached every final since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is why nobody's worried about the Cavaliers now. Yeah. So it it all comes full circle. The Celtics I don't know. It, it's 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 so it's a kind of a weird time to cover the Celtics, not not necessarily because of of where they are in the standings, but okay, they're they're first in the in the standings. Mm-hmm. And does anyone really think that they're going to the finals? Like <sighs> Like nobody, nobody. So, so they're first in the standings. They have cap space this summer. They have a lottery pick, top five coming this summer, and everyone still wants to know, like, when are they going to get their next star? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas the Cavs are now below them in the standings, and it's like, oh, they'll be fine. They'll they'll reach the finals and kick everyone's ass on their way to doing it. It's 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 it is. It's a really weird time. Like today. Isaiah Thomas was talking to the reporters and somebody asked him, where do you rank among the top teams? And he kind of had to say like, like we're number one in the East, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like at some point, like you are what your record says you are. Yeah. And to, like, I don't think they're, they're actually that good. They have their net rating is plus 3.1, which doesn't at all line up with like, a contender i i think the teams in the west like the spurs the rockets and the warriors have been better than anyone in the east even even if the Cavs make the finals i I have a tough time envisioning them knocking off at least the spurs and the warriors maybe maybe the rockets i don't know if they play enough defense that would be like 150 to 150 every game that would be kind of fun yeah um the the thing yeah go ahead go ahead so like the thing if they if they get there like if the Cavs get there like Golden State, of course, is like this tricky thing, but it's even like the there's like stuff with the Spurs matchup that I th- I think if they're healthy, like goes a different way. Um, like I think a healthy J.R. Smith like changes the dynamic of that series. I think 
the Kevin Love thing is really interesting because I'm not going to, like, after last year and, like, how he's played up until now, I don't really want to, like, say he doesn't matter, but it's, like, their best lineup is probably some version potentially of, um, in, in certain situations, I guess, like, with with him or Love, with him or Thompson at the five, and, like, you could argue that, like, Thompson's ability to switch is really useful. But, like, that two-big lineup they have when the one in the, one in the finals last year and it was really good. And Love, like... The thing that's like making, I think, him like stuff like him, if you want to talk about like on a sort of unathletic, non bouncy guys, like their way they're uting, utilizing him on defense is is something that I, like Boston could rip apart in the playoffs. They're having him on pick and rolls come up really high, and he's supposed to, I think, make contact with guys, but he's missing every like almost every time. Um, and I, I, like, I don't know how you get around stuff like that. Like, it, like, we're. I'm not going to like say that I think it's, you know, them they're going to lose or like that it matters if they're like the 4 seed or something like that. But it would it wouldn't shock me if like at the very least like they're pushed more than last year. I kind of think like there's a medium in sort of these like they're not going to make the finals takes and then they're fine. Like there's there ha- I think there probably is some medium in between these things. Yeah, and and it it's kind of been been I don't want to say weird to watch, but no, it's, it's oh, it's weird. Been, it's weird. It, it, <laughs> I like I, I like got, it. Just doesn't make like, it. Just so, what when they when like they play that way they played against Charlotte and then the, they played like these two back to back games. Like you'd expected maybe the Spurs game to be the game the game where they like fig, kind of get back on the right path, right? Like where they at least like play effort and they did it for like seven minutes and then it was just like okay, well, like you know this is this is gonna be fine now. We're gonna lose and they just kind of got destroyed. But then it was like oh they're not like real. They didn't seem like super frustrated about it. like Kyrie kind of I think was like mad how he played um he took extra shots after the game and stuff but like it's just it's just weird to like wrap your mind around some of this stuff but then again like you said like the road trip like how many games they played in March like all that all that adds up and when you have to play back-to-backs yeah and the Celtics are in like a perfect position schedule wise they got all their travel out of the way early in the season like they're just playing home game after home game they only have three road games left they're all on the east coast like they, they they can almost rest guys while still playing starters regular minutes. <laughs> it, it's yeah. just the schedules went two completely different ways for them and the Cavs, and now they have this like really cushy schedule the rest of the way. And meanwhile, the Cavs are like <laughs> like stretching themselves to the limits and not not clashing with each other, but but there's not not doubts either. But like there are there are flaws being revealed there. And and who knows if they'll matter at, in the at the end of the day, it's it's always been for the last more than the last half decade. We have LeBron James and you don't. And that's really all that matters here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe maybe that's enough. Maybe maybe health won't matter as much. Maybe defense won't matter. Maybe having the continuity or or any real semblance of athletic depth won't matter because LeBron James is that good Kyrie Irving is that good and and the rest of the shooters on that team are are quality enough that the Cavs will just rain holy hell on everybody like they did last year in the east who knows I'm fascinated by it because for the first time it feels like the Cavs are not totally invulnerable yeah I agree and I agree with that like I think you look at the age of everybody uh, you just look at like how they things are sort of working, and even just like personnel wise, 
they're 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 old. <laughs> like, you know, like Kyle, like Kyle Korver is like a thirty five year old with a foot issue, and he's not like a, exactly like a fleet of foot guy anyway, right? Um, like Jr. hasn't looked good. You know, like Darren Williams isn't like he's been like good in the pick and roll, but he's sort of like a little bit older. Like Cavs fans all the time will like tweet me and like send in mailbag questions and like comment on Fear the Sword about um Derek Williams and then because he's like this young guy who can like dunk and I'm just like well like what did you watch him play for 17 seconds in the third quarter of that Spurs game like he's not that good like 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 he's Derek Williams like I know he played really well early but like chill you know like yeah that that's where we're at and it's 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 a very like, weird thing and it's just maybe I mean this was sort of inevitable right like when you build with LeBron and we saw this with the Heat and when you build and you get good right away and you have to, to kind of flip your whole your whole strategy of like how you're building with like through the draft versus through free agency. This is sort of like the inevitable conclusion when you go and all in on older guys, right? Like when Richard Jefferson and, and Kyle Korver and Channing Fry and these guys that are in their thirties and are veterans. And like, yeah, like this is sort of where that gets you, you know, there's not really a way around this. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's setting us up for maybe the first exciting Eastern conference playoffs since the Cavaliers got LeBron back, and yeah, I, I, mean, I think I think I there's more depth at the top of the East this year. Like, there was a year the Hawks were really good and then got decimated by the Cavs anyway. Yeah, but then last year the Raptors were really good. But other than like each year, it's been one team, and now for the first time, it feels like there are three not necessarily worthy challengers. But three teams that aren't at, at least aren't total pushovers in the Celtics, the Wizards, and the Raptors, whatever order you want to put them behind Cleveland, and it still is Cleveland number one. It it is very clearly Cleveland number one, but but maybe they have holes, and may, they they well they definitely have holes, but maybe those holes will actually finally matter. Yeah, we'll see. What do you? What do you? I, I, I doubt yeah. that it will matter at least in the East, but but we'll see. What do you? Uh, what are you expecting out of that? Because la- there is still that Cavs Celtics game next week. What are you expecting yeah, I, out of that I, one? I mean, it all depends on whether the Cavs start to rest everybody, right? Uh, Second half of yeah. back-to-back, mind you. They play the, the the Orlando Magic the night before at home. Yeah, so if if everybody's playing, I, I very much look forward to watching it. If, if nobody's playing, I suspect the Cavaliers will get their asses handed to them. But we'll see. I, I mean, I, I, I do think that right now the Celtics are – Pretty heavy favorites, I would say, to actually win the regular season title. Yeah, I kind of think because, that's where we're at. Yeah, just because I, I do think the Cavs will at least pick a couple of games to rest guys, one or two at least. And and it means more to the Celtics, I think, to to have home court throughout. And and maybe I'm wrong there. They they never stress it internally, at least publicly, but but it just seems like like LeBron, what does it matter to him if he finishes first in the East? Like, yeah, cool, it'd be Nice to have another home, another game of home court in the Eastern Conference Finals, but but really, what what does it matter to to LeBron and those guys? Whereas the Celtics, they've never won a playoff series. Most of these guys yeah. have never advanced out of the first round. They're in completely completely different places. It was it was funny to listen to Isaiah Thomas because he answered a question about whether the Cavs were vulnerable, and basically he said like they're the Cavs. <laughs> I yeah, don't think yeah. so, man. And then he was asked about what's different this year. How are they going to get out of the first round? He's like, I don't know. I've never been out of the first round. So it, it's, 
it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun run. I don't know what to expect from the Celtics after. I think they'll advance out of the first round, but from there, who knows? Are they better than Washington, Toronto? I don't know. Do they have a <laughs> yeah. shot against Cleveland? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I'm excited to find out. It, yeah. The East, the Eastern Conference playoffs for the first time has my interest in the last three or four years or whatever it's been. Yeah, we'll get out of the the first round is going to be bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah like first round they're gonna be gonna be awful um like hopefully Giannis makes it just and the hopefully the Bulls don't make it but like I'm every, hoping Giannis Paul George like those guys just go wild and kind of and then I think Miami Miami could make a tough series for someone that that Miami team is playing good ball yeah let's get Dion healthy and and get get Dion back and cooking because I need I need playoff Dion I'm like <laughs> I, I I'm I'm all in on the Dion waiters is just gonna do crazy stuff like i'm 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 there for dion just like ruining someone's mood during a playoff series i'm i'm so in for playoff waiters yeah playoff Uh, waiters incredible all right i i have taken enough of your time i really appreciate it chris thank you for coming on everybody that's listening we are part of the locked on podcast network listen to my show locked on celtics search for locked on celtics subscribe to us on itunes audio boom wherever you get your podcast listen to his show locked on cavaliers subscribe to him too all of that we appreciate you checking in we'll be here monday through friday like we always are thank you for listening to this edition of this crossover edition of locked on celtics and locked on cavaliers Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.